The great rates and great service at State Farm. It's good for my wallet and for my family. State Farm meets my needs, plus I get to control how and what I want for my budget. And I do it all from their award-winning mobile app. Surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What makes the perfect workout? Being able to ride, lift, and stretch in one place with motivating instructors. Y'all look so good out there, Peloton. Classes that always work around your busy summer schedule. Push, Peloton, you've got 20 minutes of opportunity on this ride. Instructor-curated playlists for every mood. Let's turn it up, come on. Now what if you had it all? Ride at home. The Peloton bike. Nothing like working out from home. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. Barbie's taking up tennis and a new cause. Tennis star, mental health advocate, racial justice warrior, and now Barbie. Mattel released its new Naomi Osaka Barbie role model, sporting the outfit Osaka wore at the 2020 Australian Open, and it's already sold out on Amazon. Back in 2019, Osaka was honored with a one-of-a-kind Shiro doll for the brand's 60th anniversary, but that one wasn't for sale. These days, Osaka's taking a break from competition to deal with her mental health, but she'll be back later this month representing Japan in the Tokyo Olympics. Monica Ricks, CBS News. The home run derby champ defends his crown. Alonzo comes out of the timeout and walks it off. What a finish. ESPN with the action as Mets first baseman Pete Alonzo repeats, banging out 74 homers, promptly declaring himself the best power hitter on the planet. He takes home a million bucks. That's more than his $676,000 salary. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS. Oil drilling investments involve a high degree of risk and are only suitable for SEC accredited investors. Attention high net worth investors. Oil and gas investments have always been an ideal tax advantage and have been a way to invest and take a 100% write-off. The new administration is threatening to take this away. Invest in domestic oil drilling for a full tax credit this year. When you invest in oil, you get a 100% tax write-off. The OPEC cuts, cancellation of the pipeline, and pent-up demand from the pandemic has created the perfect storm for oil prices to shoot upwards. Analysts are predicting it could go over $100. Opportunity is knocking. Support domestic U.S. oil drilling and production and make your patriotic investment in oil and get a complete 100% tax deduction write-off. Call Encore Energy at 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Are you ready for an upgrade for your home? Then check out Superior Renovations in Albany for all your home improvement needs. Superior Renovations is a family-owned business of over 20 years specializing in bathroom and kitchen remodelings. Superior Renovations is committed to superior quality and results. For your free estimate, call 740-517-8795. Great references and great prices available for your next project. Superior Renovations, 27480 Old State Route 346 in Albany. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Each year, Ohioans are injured and killed in train car accidents that could have been avoided with properly functioning gates and flashing lights. Facts show that gates and lights together prevent more train car accidents than stop signs or crossbucks alone. How can you help? Approach all crossings with caution and report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. 
Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB and this station. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Cars, Friday cars, afternoons cars, at 106 cars, on 970 cars, WATH cars, and 97.1 FM. Did I say 57 Chevy? Cars, cars, cars. I-N-E-P-T. Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters. Raw, raw, raw. Coach Art Turf, head football coach and athletic director at Inept Tech, uh, with us again today. And, Coach, we were talking in our last program about your schedule. I think we've covered maybe the first six ball games of the schedule. We still need to catch the last four ball games, which I think you told me you were going to play one at a time. Well, that's right. You know, that's the only way to play these here ball games. You can't look ahead and play somebody that's three, four, five, seven weeks down the road. You got to play your ball games one at a time. That's exactly how we's going to play our ball games. You know, uh, uh, it's coming up the second half of the season in the meet of our schedule where we play in all the conference ball games looking forward to playing for that conference championship and and uh, the seventh ball game of the season we're going to be playing it's a road ball game we're going to be playing tri nitro tech that's tnt you know they're in the conference and they have a real explosive ball club they can run the ball they can throw the ball they can score a lot of points on you and that's going to be a real exciting ball game a real test for our defense and coming up after that we come back home and we're going to be playing uh, one of the uh, uh, most outstanding schools that we have on the schedule this year. In fact, that's the Georgia Institute of Football. You know, that's all the, them folks do when they go down there to that school is they just play football, learn all about football, learn how to play football and coach football and do all that stuff with football. And uh, they, they call themselves TGIF, and, and I'm calling that, thank goodness it's finished about our schedule you know that's the eighth ball game on the schedule and following that we come up with our two arch rivals closing out our schedule just like we always do coach we're gonna have to interrupt you here we need to take a break and we'll check those last two games on your schedule right after we pause for this message and the coach archer show brought to you by quasi computers they never confuse you be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach. Let's do this right. Coach Turf, we interrupted you when you were right into the That's last. That's all right. You go right ahead. Do that anytime you like. Ty- we got to get them sponsors' messages in there. 
Coach, what that's about the only way we can get this program on the air and get our message out to the folks so they can come watch our fine ball games. Coach, I promise not to interrupt you again. What about the last two games on that schedule? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because they're my two favorite opponents of the season. We save our schedule the last two ball games for these boys every year. We open up uh, the last two ball games playing on the road against the Eastern Institute for Eastern Industrial Organizations. And boy, howdy, that's two mouthfuls on the schedule, so we just kind of shorten that to E-I-E-I-O. Coach McDonald always has a fine ball club over there. We're going to be playing them at his place this year down on the farm, and we are really looking forward to that because it should be a real barn burner. Now, this last ball game is a real big rivalry for you, isn't it? Well, that's right. You know, we're going to be playing Bungle State, and I can remember how we were always playing for the conference championship in years past. Bungle State, our arch rival, coached by my brother Nat Turf over there, and, and uh, we have a real, what you call your sibling rivalry for there, and I'm looking forward to playing Nat and his boys again this year, because it looks like we're going to be both having fine records, looking forward to some fine seasons, and it could be for the conference championship. So in that final ball game, it'll be Nat Gerald Turf against Artificial Turf. Has been for years. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Seventy-four degrees right now here on Columbus Road, headed up to eighty-five. And they say we may have some thunderstorms today as well. Looking at all the little things like air quality index, type of air visibility, barometer, all those things look pretty good. Of course, what do I know? All right, well, good morning, folks. Welcome, and uh, let's see, today is uh, July 13th, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yep, that's it. Okay. Yes. Um, Let's see here. We can tell you it's National French Fry Day. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, um, I do like them. I, I just don't want a lot of them. I've uh, kind of hit my limit, if you will. And uh, but they are tasty. You got a favorite? Um. Well, I, I guess I like shade. Is that what you mean? Yeah. From uh, a favorite from any restaurant you please. Yeah. Um, frankly, I like McDonald's. But, um, no, I, I'd say Shade and McDonald's are my two favorites. But I just don't want a lot of them. You know, just a, a touch or two. Yeah. Just a and, kid's um, portion or something like that. Yeah. Small portion. Sure. Yeah. 
Anyway, so let's see here. What did we say? National French Friday. That's right. It's Cow Appreciation Day. Like, moo. Okay. <laughs> now, I've learned a great deal about cattle recently. The, uh, the gang I hang out with, uh, several of them raise cattle. And um, I had no idea. Some of the dilemmas they have to face, <laughs> including coyotes and and uh, you know, I, I guess mules are popular, be- or is it donkeys, or is it either? Either or. Yep. Because um, they don't like coyotes, right? So they'll fight them, and uh, often are successful. Anyway. Um, learning a lot about cows more than I ever thought I might. Uh, let's see here. It's National Delaware Day, so the state of Delaware, I assume, not necessarily Delaware, Ohio. I would presume that is correct. Yep. Although Delaware, of course, was just up the street from my home where I was raised. Oh, uh, yes. My uh, sister Carol went to Ohio Wesleyan. My brother-in-law, uh, Bob uh, Lambert, uh, went to Ohio Wesleyan. He, he initially started at, um, I want to say, Nebraska playing football. And then he had a career-ending injury. And so he finished up in Ohio Wesleyan. Oh, well, National Delaware Day. And then finally, National Beans and Franks Day. Good stuff. Also known as Beanie Weenies. Beanie Weenie? Yeah. Okay. I have to get back into that. I have sort of lost my interest in hot dogs over the years. But uh, if they're, if they're, how do I want to say? If they're really a quality dog and then they're prepared right boy people just go nuts for him oh yeah yeah especially on weenie wednesday yeah well (laughs) that's tomorrow (laughs) yes it is with at larry's of course yeah baked beans uh i think i'll tell you what that's another dish that if they're prepared right little uh Oh, it's gonna they got to be mustard. Su- sweet to me. Yeah, me too. A little barbecue sauce, a little brown sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Popular during the Civil War. And uh, I think baked beans were one of the first canned convenience foods on the market in the 1890s. Hmm. And then, uh, of course, you know, the chuck wagons and traveling caravans. Now, back, I've not met back him. in the day. Chuck Wagon? Yeah, I don't think I've ever met him. Yeah. I think he's uh, related to that guy named Clarence Rack. Clarence? Oh, Clarence Rack. Yeah. (laughs) I've met him. Yeah, me too. Okay. One of my favorite guys in the store. (laughs) Let's see here. July 13th it is. One more time. (laughs) Historical events in this year. No, 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 no. On this date. But the year 1772, Captain James Cook 
begins second voyage abroad, uh, rather aboard the resolution to the South Seas to search for Terra Australis for the southern continent. I guess I read that okay. Yeah. Not bad. 1832, the source of the Mississippi River was discovered by American geographer Henry Schoolcraft. Oh, you're spraying. Yeah, well, sanitizing. I I heard this scratching sound, but it was the sprayer. Oh, (laughs) Did I do something that you were trying to protect yourself from? Not yet. (laughs) 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 Sanitizer. Okay. 1943, the greatest tank battle in history, ends with Russia's defeat of Germany at Kursk. Almost 6,000 tanks take part. And oddly, 2,900 tanks were lost by Germany. Wow. Wow. Lost, I assume they mean destroyed. Yeah. Can you imagine the tonnage of steel that remained on the battlefield after that battle? Uh, You know, I have my basic training. You know, I was drafted, right? Yep. And um, so my basic training was at Fort Knox. Well, what is Fort Knox's specialty? armor or tanks right and that sort of thing and uh, even though I never really had much contact with a tank because that was more AIT advanced individual training sort of stuff to be walking down a road in a formation or in the line shall we say And have these tanks zooming on the pavement next to you. Uh, Literally, the ground shook from their weight. And uh, it was pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, I bet it was. Chuck Jr., my brother, Mm -hmm. oldest brother, worked in that specialty when he was in the service. In the armor? Yeah, he he was there as uh, a turret mechanic, I think he was. And then uh, later worked in carpentry, too. But as you heard me mention before, he can craft mm. many things. Yeah. Repair, fix, maintain, you name it. Let's see here. The last item we have to bring up is um, <clears throat> in the year 1966. Boy, here's a test. Bhaktiv Danta Swami Prabhupada. Babidibaba. Dabadu. So that person, however you say that name, founds the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Later simply known as the Hare Krishna. Um, there's an ant on my paper. He's scratching himself. A what? An ant. Oh. <laughs> Look. 
Yeah, I can see it. Well, take your time, buddy. Yeah, he's he's show crasher. Anyway, this was the um, also known as the Hare Krishna movement in New York City. Okay, it's scurrying along now that I'm turning my papers. I guess it's finished. He's still staring at me. Stage crasher. Okay. <clears throat> Boy, there's some I don't know here today. Okay. Today is the 77th birthday for a person by the name of Erno Rubik. Did he make the Rubik's Cube? I'm guessing that would be a good presumption. Well, Erno Rubik. E-R-N-O. Let's just find out. A Hungarian inventor, architect, and professor of architecture. Here you go. He is best known for the invention of mechanical puzzles, including the Rubik's Cube, Rubik's Magic, Rubik's Magic Master Edition, and the Rubik's Snake. Well, only one of those is familiar to me. But let me tell you, I have owned, I have down in one of our fun rooms in the house, um, a Rubik's Cube. Actually, two, I think. I have never been able to figure it out. Never. And yet I watch these people, and it's like, boom, 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 it's done. Yeah, in minutes, if, if even that. Yeah. Well, here, this, this should help give you some solace here. He, uh, the inventor of the Rubik's Cube, Erno Rubik, was the first person to solve the Rubik's Cube. Now, get this. It took him about a month to find the solution after creating his wooden prototype in 1974. So it took him a month, and he made the thing. You know what is... Um how is it made that it doesn't fall apart? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can twist it in every direction known by sections, any section you wish, and yet it remains a cube. Yeah. I don't get it's, it. It's, it's got all those, what would that be, spindles in I, there? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to smash one and figure it out. Well, you got two of them. Okay, let's see. 79th birthday for (laughs) Harrison Ford, the actor, right? Yes. Okay, now Julius Caesar was born on this date in 100 B.C. He died in 44 B.C. Julius Caesar. You know, this particular picture of him isn't very flattering. He looks like he could be down at uh, the skull. Um, <laughs> never mind. Okay, now here's another person. I don't know who this is. Nathan Bedford Forrest. Born in 1821 on this date. Died in 1877. Nathan Bedford Forrest was a military officer who was a prominent Confederate Army general 
during the American Civil War and the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan from 1867 to 1869. Two deaths to mention, Arnold Schoenberg. Um, he died on this date in 1951, had been born in 1874. Schoenberg, S-C-H-O-E-N-B-E-R-G, Arnold. He was an Austrian composer music music yeah he was uh do they give a musical style yeah let's see classical okay he was a music theorist teacher writer and painter widely considered one of the most influential composers of the 20th century he was associated with the expressionist movement in german poetry and art and leader of the second viennese school there's an attractive picture of another person who died on this date. Um, Frida Kahlo, K-A-H-L-O. Born in 1907, died on this date in 1954. Didn't live very long. Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo Calderon was a Mexican painter known for her many portraits self-portraits and works inspired by the nature and artifacts of Mexico. Hmm. <clears throat> Did you know Frank Sinatra cut his first record on this date? Well, I do now. No, I did not. By the way, it was a flop. <laughs> I'm not kidding now. That's hard to believe. Sinatra, a flop. But uh, he would go on to be hailed as the voice of the century, indeed. Yes. Does it say what the record was? No, I was surprised. It, it, they left that out. Let's see if I can locate it. Let's see here. Sinatra's first hit... Well, it doesn't no, say it's that. It's not going to be that. Nope, it's not that one. Maybe we should go on. Okay. If you come across it, we can come back to it. Let's talk about COVID. I was in a group. Um, oh, it, my goodness. Oh. I found it. Uh -oh. it's, this is hard to believe. Okay, go for it. Um. 1939, a young and relatively unknown New Jersey band singer, Frank Sinatra, recorded a new song called All or Nothing at All. The record initially flopped, selling fewer than 8,000 copies. I always thought that was a pretty decent song. I think later on he went on to make it uh, more important. Maybe a few uh, added instruments or something? I just Who knows? Know. That's, that's the flopper. You want to know how Rubik's Cube is made, too, by the way? Oh, dear. Um, sure. Okay. A 3x3x3 three by three by three Rubik's Cube has six faces. All right, we got that. Each a different color. Yep, got that. The center of each face is attached to the core scaffold that holds the cube together so they don't move other than rotating in place. 
That's the basics. But they can go left, right, up, down. Yeah. How does that happen? Um, it must be from that core that is mentioned here that holds the entire thing together. Well, I, I, I really, I think I will. Next time I see an inexpensive one. <laughs> you know, bust it up? Yeah. Pick it apart? Because I just can't quite imagine it. All right, let's talk about Q, uh, COVID, folks. Yesterday I was in a rotary meeting and Dr. Gaskell was there. He's a member of the Rotary Club as well. And uh, something came up about COVID, and he he is just extremely proud of how Athens County is doing, statistically. All right? And um, when I look at the figures, it... It looks good to me, but I don't have the, certainly by no means, the knowledge that he has in uh, the Athens County Health Department, which he heads up, has just done an exceptional job. And um, so anyway, good report, but here we go. Um, so in Athens County, we have had, um, a total of, this is as of two o'clock yesterday, 5,252 cases. Another way of saying that is 8% of our county population has had COVID. If you look back uh, as far as my sheet goes, which is over, uh, well, about a week, we've only had three cases in that week, three new cases. Wow. Okay. Um, it's, that's really good. Now. As I said, we have 5,252 cases. We have 5,183 that have recovered. That's a great number. Um, in other words, 98.7% of those that have caught it are now over it. Vaccinations, our county stands at 42.2%. State of Ohio stands at 48.16. So let's call it 48.2%. Here in Athens County, uh, for longer than a week now, we the death toll since this whole thing began has stood at 60 with no changes. Okay, back to the state of Ohio. 
1,114,491 cases. So that is 9.53% of our state's population has caught it. Presently, 1,094,111 are, let me make sure I have it right. No, I think that figure is mistaken. Wait, let me look, let me look just one more time. I did this late last night. Okay, I've I've made some errors here, so I don't want to quote anything now. Um, I see what I did, but I, I I can't correct it on the air. So anyway, the st- but let me just generally say, just as Athens is doing very well, the state of Ohio is doing well too. Okay, we'll just keep it simple. Um, U.S. vaccination rate, 55%. What about the world's vaccination rate? Almost 44%. All right. We'll set that one aside. Now, what about uh, simply the news? We've got a voting war going on, right? Um, and, and it's been going on a while, but it's continuing. There was a speech from the president on the topic, and... There's a lot of chaos in Texas, right? Um, A protest against a Republican effort to redistrict voting access in Austin, Texas. Uh, I got a picture here of just a lot of um, protesters, right? So this uh, this story is entitled "The Fight Over the Franchise," with President Biden set to give a speech on voting rights in Philadelphia today, and the Texas legislature engulfed in chaos over a Republican effort to change election rules. Um, this story attempts to update you on the latest developments on this issue. It's not simple. We'll break down the major themes in the new state laws that Republicans are passing, as well as the responses from Democrats. The short version, Democratic leaders have no evident way to stop the Republican-backed laws, 
but the effect of those laws remains somewhat uncertain. Well, first, in, a, in his Philadelphia speech, the President Biden will call efforts to limit ballot access authoritarian and anti-American. Some Democrats hope that presidential attention will persuade Congress to pass a voting rights bill that outlaws the new Republican voting rules. Yet, others say that's quite unlikely. Congressional Republicans are almost uniformly opposed to ambitious voting rights bills, and some Senate Democrats, including Joe Manchin, seem unwilling to change the filibuster, which would almost certainly be necessary to pass a bill. So, why is Biden giving the speech? Well, in part, it helps him avoid criticism from progressive Democrats that he is ignoring the subject. But Biden also appears to be genuinely concerned about the issue, and the use of presidential bully pulpit is one of the few options available to him. Over the long term, high-profile attention may increase the chances of federal legislation. Down in Texas, Democratic legislators fled the state yesterday to deny the Republican-controlled legislature the quorum that it needed to pass a restrictive voting bill. But the move is likely only to delay the bill, not stop it from becoming law. Well, more on this. In 17 states, Republican lawmakers have recently enacted laws limiting ballot access. Texas could become the 18th state to do so. Republican officials have justified these new laws by saying that they want to crack down on voter fraud. But voter fraud is not a widespread problem. Many studies have tracked that, and that is what they've found. Some of the very few cases have involved Republicans trying to vote more than once. The substance of the laws make their true intent clear. They are generally meant to help Republicans win elections, or more elections. Well, so far at least 14 states have enacted laws that give partisan officials more control over election oversight, potentially allowing those politicians to overturn an election result as Donald Trump urged state-level Republicans to do so last year. In Georgia, 
a Republican-controlled commission, now has the power to remove local election officials and has already removed a few. Arkansas has empowered a state board to take over and conduct elections in a county if the GOP-dominated legislature deems it is necessary. Arizona Republicans took away the Democratic Secretary of State's Secretary of State's authority over election lawsuits and gave it to the Republican Attorney General. Well, you see, this is a very complicated thing. And it's not hard to imagine how Republican legislators could use some of these new rules to disqualify enough ballots to flip the the result of a very close election, like say, last year's presidential election in either Arizona or Georgia. Well, it's a very complicated issue. Yep, nationwide. You know, I've had people ask me to, uh, didn't matter which side of the aisle they were on. Mm-hmm. Both of them, both parties that I know they're affiliated with. Their question is, what's wrong with a fair and legal elections? And trying to get this right and have everyone have access to an ID. And I've had people say that why do they think some people are not able to get an ID you know to allow them to I vote mean, I mean does it you know to be honest you have a felony record or something like that mm, well okay you know can you can't everybody get an ID well we're doing it for the the vaccinations yeah but why are they... So why I've, can't it be done for electoral privilege? Yeah. And are, are they trying to say that some people cannot get an ID to do that? And why, why are you saying that some people are not able to get an ID? You know, try to get to when that. When I, you know, when... At least here in Athens County. You show your ID to vote, right? When, when there's an election. Um, since I live on the east side of Athens, we go to the community center. And I think there's either three or four different precincts. Each has a set of tables. And I think I'm in... Four one maybe. So I walk over to the four one set of tables. Now the fact of the matter is most of them know me. So they'll say, Dave Palmer, and they turn to my page in their books and then tell 
me, uh, okay, here is, um, here's the ballots. Uh, use one of those stands over there to mark your ballots. And then bring them over and insert them into this computer reader. And so on. And now, if I go in and they don't, it's someone that I don't know, of course they say, um, may I see your ID? Um, I have people that know me ask for my ID. Okay. But go ahead. Um, so what if an hour later I went in to vote again? Uh, first of all, the same officials are working the table. Um, I think I'd be questioned immediately, and certainly, um, even whether they recognize me or not, they make an entry in their books saying I voted. Yeah. So when, when they would go to look again, it said, no. You've already done it. Okay. Uh, isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Well, duh. No, not a duh. I mean, I, that's the way that, I guess, elections were always set up to be. Now, some of these things here that they have in Texas, one of the things they wanted, well, some of them, I'll just go through them real quick, a ban on drive through voting, New regulations for early voting hours, including a ban on 24-hour voting. Those are two of the things that are in these bills ban in on Texas. Four-hour voting. Yeah. What you mean? They want the voting day to be shorter. Uh, apparently so. Yes. Okay. They they want to establish a new voting window of 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Okay. While the Senate would cut off voting at 9 p.m. I see. So. We do have a caller. Let's see if uh, they're still here. Good morning. Good morning, your um, <laughs> co-host or whatever he is referred to as. I think he's totally well, off you. the wall with this. There are voting rules in every different state and sometimes within the states. But locally, are you aware that you don't have to have a, 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 this formal ID? You can use a bill, a, a utility bill. Yes. So, you know, this sort of notion... A lot of it's just fake news. It's coming out of the mouth of Trump again. Yesterday, I heard it on the news that um, he's again pushing the, the thing that this was an illegal election, that I should have won, I did win, those kinds of things. It makes me sick. Yeah, that it makes other people sick, and he's rabble-rousing up the people to go and have another uh, <laughs> uh, January 6th mm -hmm. because he thinks that, that he's got this army behind him of... of um, citizen warriors, that's what they're referred to as. I think you can only know your own unless you, you vote yourself in multiple places. Then you have to remember what the rules are each time. And obviously you don't do that, and I don't do that, and your co-host doesn't do that. But there are different rules for different places. We can't pretend to know we know all those rules for different places. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to have just an ID. And let me tell you, there are people in our community who are so poor they cannot afford a, a um, state ID of $7. No, I mean... Whatever it was, it was $7 last time I checked. Isn't it a driver's license? 
Not everybody drives, David. Not everybody has a driver's license. Uh, I'll bet you that is the most common form of ID. It may very well be, but uh, a lot of information is given on that uh, document. All they need to know is that you are you and you have an address. If they really want, you know, they don't even use your voter, uh, your voter registration. It even says on there uh, that little that little card that you get and you keep in your wallet. But we don't we don't have you can't use your ID for um, what you want to put on your T-shirt. My in in particular, my ID my uh, little card was a copy that my primary care unit, and it's in the system and has been. okayed with different documentation by the Ohio Department of Health. And if that's not good enough for the primary care, which it isn't, they want you to show your card. I don't carry my card. Why should I carry my card? You're talking about the COVID thing? Yeah, that thing. Um, well, I, I would I carry it. Sometimes you can't so even read someone, the dang thing with the people who sign things. I carry it because if someone questions it, I want to say, here's my Well, you're more mobile than I am, so I understand also why you do that, because you need to be asked a lot more than I need to be asked. Okay. But but, uh, you know, at least here where you vote and I vote, um, there are multiple means of of, um, who I am. And if the state wants or the federal government wants or the individual community wants uh, IDs, they need to pay for those, and they need to have some uniformity. I don't think that's ever going to happen because states not going to, they're not going to put that money out for that various thing. The state of Ohio does not do that. But if they want that, why don't we just get a tattoo on our arm like they did in the <laughs> Nazi concentration camps? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that sounds a little bit rough for both of you, but on the other hand, when we start doing what we're doing down in Texas, remember Texas – is about as independent as they get in this country, mm-hmm. and they have their own rules. And I think they were going to send the um, uh, uh, Texas Rangers after the Democrats. That's why the Democrats left the state, because they're not going to vote for this crazy thing that they want to do. There really isn't a whole lot of, uh, of okay. uh, voter fraud, as a lot of people like to promote, and as you just promoted by your person and his people he talks to, tell him this both sides of the aisle. I'd like to know who these people are, both sides of the aisle. Maybe you could have them on. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. 970 WATH. Let's see. We've got about six minutes remaining. Okay. With that, I have to say, um, if if somebody has a utility bill, like the caller was saying, wouldn't it be, if that's all they need to vote, would it be possible, just asking a rhetorical question here, for them to walk out and hand that utility bill to somebody else yes. to walk in and, if that's uh, all you need. Or, or to uh, take it out of someone's um, mailbox. Um, well, I was thinking of garbage cans. Yeah, gar- yeah. dig it out. There, uh, here you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd rather have a little more official thing than just that. But, and I don't know if utility bills count or not. I Somewhere along the yeah, I you the know lines we, I've heard something like that. We realize that different states have different voter election laws mm-hmm. and things like that. So, well, with all of this kind of discussion, I have a report in front of me entitled um, "The Most and Least Stressed Cities in America." So this is stressful, right? Yeah. Uh, 
some people who may not really be paying attention or don't care, eh, it's not stressful. But to others that do care, well, it can be stressful. So this was a report that was issued yesterday. And let me just give you, uh, they, they did, these are cities now, right? They did, um, I'll have to call that later. Okay, there are 182 cities that they did. Now, so least, most, least, let's see here, least, works most, financial most, family most. Which way are they going? South Middleton, least. Ah, okay, I, um, I think I messed up here. Okay, so. What do you think is the most stressed city in America? Um, Washington, D.C. Cleveland. Oh. Cleveland. They have several different categories. Work stress is ranks 147th. Financial stress first. Family stress first. Family health safety stress third. That sounds tough. Okay. Um, now, we'll just go through these quickly. Detroit's number two, New Orleans three, Baltimore, Maryland four, Newark, New Jersey five, San Bernardino, California six, Birmingham, Alabama, 7th. North Las Vegas, 8th. Philadelphia, ninth. Memphis, Tennessee, 10th. Huntington, West Virginia, just down the road, 11th. Shreveport, Louisiana, 12th. Hialeah, Florida, 13th. Mobile, folks, I'm coming, I'm almost to a point. Mobile, Alabama, Mobile, that is, 14th. Jackson, Mississippi, 15th. Augusta, Georgia, 16th. Dover, Delaware, 17th. St. Louis, Missouri, 18th. Gulfport, uh, let's see, that'd be Mississippi, 19th. And coming in 20th, Toledo. Coming in 22nd, Akron. Coming in 26th, Cincinnati. Um, coming in 83rd, Columbus. Well... Now, let's go to the other direction. Least. If I can get my fingers to articulate. Oh, my. We're, we only have one minute left. Yep, we're getting there. Okay, so least 
stressed. South Burlington, Vermont. Then Fremont, California, Madison, Wisconsin, Nashua, New Hampshire, Columbia, Maryland. My wife was there many years. Anyway, uh, Fargo, North Dakota, Overland Park, Kansas, Bismarck, North Dakota. Well, bu- 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 you get the point. Folks, we have uh, other things, and we got other free-for-alls throughout the week. So um, uh, we'll try to have something entertaining each day. And informative, too. Uh, Weather-wise, we're up to 77 now. Again, we're headed to 85. And uh, there is a chance they show a lightning bolt in the uh, projection, so uh, we could have a bit of weather. Be careful out there, please. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH! This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Texas Democrats are in Washington, D.C., instead of Austin, where Republicans are holding a special session to enact stricter voting laws. Trey Martinez-Fisher spoke after arriving at Dulles Airport. We have courage, conviction, and a little bit of defiance. And we're here today to rally the nation, and we hope that the U.S. Senate will hear us. I'm Stephen Portnoy at the White House. Press Secretary Jen Psaki says a speech in Philadelphia today affords the president the chance to again call for the adoption of of voting rights measures that Senate Republicans have blocked. And how we need to work together with civil rights organizations to build as broad a turnout and voter education system to overcome the worst challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. Saki says Mr. Biden will call the state measures advanced by Republicans authoritarian and anti-American. Consumer prices are shooting up as the economy reopens. Last month's index jumped 5.4 percent from a year ago. That's the highest 12-month rate since 2000. Eight. Analysts say suppliers can't keep up with demand for things like clothing, groceries, and cars. The FDA's added a new warning to Johnson & Johnson